You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry Smith, Mike Hegley, Brad Sturry, hour number two. Glad you're hanging with us here as we count down to tip off. Illinois hosting Northwestern Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. at State Farm Center. Uh, the Illini sitting at 10 and 3, still, as we talked about earlier, very much in position to capture its first recognized regular season Big Ten championship in 2005. <laughs> that word in there, fellas. Uh, tough night uh, Tuesday night at Purdue, but the Boilers are pretty good. Jaden uh, Ivey scoring 22 of his game-high 26 points in the second half, and Brad Underwood had nothing but praise for the Boilermakers sophomore. When you watch a pro game, really good players are really hard to stop. Sometimes they just make shots. And um, we live and die with, with forcing twos. And, 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 and hard twos. And uh, even though Ivy got going, uh, you know, he turned it over a couple times. We, we, we did some good things. Uh, where compared to the first game, I was willing to give up, give 50 post-ups if they wanted them. I didn't care if they threw the ball into those guys every single trip. Uh, we can guard that. We can contest that. We stay matched up and we stay in a, in a good place. Uh, and they're twos. Uh, those were hard. Um, and, and, you know, they, they sprayed it, and then they, you compound that with a three-point shooting, and we were just in a, we were in a tough spot. But you're, there's, you know, he goes right better than he goes left right now, but not by much. And uh, it doesn't matter when you're that athletic. Um, you know, it's pick your poison. Ivy's just, Ivy's a, um, just a fantastic athlete. He's uh, de- keeps developing his skills. He's shooting the ball better from three this year. And in transition, he's much like former Illini uh, great Io DeSumo in the fact that once he gets going, it's really hard to stop him. And he's even got a little more uh, shiftiness than Io. I, my comparison for Jaden Ivey, and I think this is why he's going to be a top five pick in the NBA draft, I think my comparison is Dwayne Wade. I mean, I think he's got that level of athletic ability and basketball skill. To, to be great. And when he turns it on, man, in that second half, Elna had no chance. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you the, the, the interesting thing about him is, is even last year, you can read, you know, what we were writing about him calling him kind of IO junior. Um, and, and he really does kind of carry himself like a leader of the team as well. Um, as good as he is, and he is a magnificent basketball player, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, what you run into in the NBA when the guys are just a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. But uh, I think clearly he's the best player in the Big Ten if you had to take a look at it right now today. I, I think he's the most talented. I would still cast my vote for Kofi because I think he's just um, unstoppable. Um, and he's a guy that just, um, you know, and it's something we haven't talked much about in, in terms of of Kofi's night. And again, a few nights ago, last time that they played 17 points, was it 17 and eight that he had? And, and it's 18, and that's seven. 18 and seven. And that's a, that's a down night. Um, yeah. And I thought he, he played very well. Um, you know, Brad, you mentioned on the Illini guys.com message boards earlier before the Purdue game that Kofi needed to get the ball in better angles and he had more success. And we saw that immediately. And that lasted throughout the game, much better angles, better positioning, and uh, and was more effective. Yeah, it, it's difficult to score against a seven four guy when you start, you know, ten feet for posting up, ten feet from the basket. But if you can get him on your hip and you can get that, you know, drop step spin and get to the rim, I, it's much more effective. So, yeah, Kofi Kofi's great. I mean, there's no question. I will say this: I feel like you know Ivy is, you know, he could be the Big Ten Player Year. You could say Kofi is. I, I don't think. I think it's who wins the league. I mean, who's going to win the league? If some one of those guys wins the league or Wisconsin comes through and finds a way to win the league, maybe it's Johnny Davis. But I will say this. Ivy's had a few games, and, you know, people bag on Kofi if he gets 18 and 7. I don't know how that's fair, but whatever. But Ivy's had a few games where he has shot the ball really poorly. Demonte Williams guarded him in, in Champaign, and then got bailed out on some foul calls. He finished – you know, he didn't shoot. There was like 3 of 15 or 3 or 14 or something. So there are – there. you know, he's a great player, but – He's had games where maybe they've they've kind of he's kind of disappeared down the stretch too. So well, I will say one thing: when I look at uh, both Ivy and Davis, they have gotten certain games 
where they get bailed out by the refs when they drive in the lane with no real plan and just kind of jump into a guy, pick a shoulder and jump into him, throw it up. And those are the type of uh, calls you don't even get in AAU basketball. I think as Brad referenced, I think he was around three for 10 against Illinois and then somehow got put to the free throw line for 15 shots. Um, That's the type of protection that I would enjoy seeing Kofi get two or three times this year and see just how, what kind of numbers he could put up with those type of uh, things. But I do think, you know, there's a lot of talent in the big 10 and I think this may be the year in the tournament that we really see the, the, the teams go far because there aren't many teams that are a good matchup for Illinois. There's not many teams that are a good matchup for Purdue and maybe the player of the year, uh, gets decided in a championship game of the uh, NCAA tournament. I'd be all for that. And uh, Mike Kegley getting very good at this radio thing because that segues right into our next segment uh, after a break. Our college basketball roundtable will chime in on that as well. Big Ten basketball as we head toward March. What's ahead for the conference? What's ahead for the Illini? College basketball in general. That's all coming up after a break. You'll hear on the Sports Spectacular. I'm Demonte Williams. When it comes to hustling on the court, that's easy. You know what else is easy? OSF On-Call Urgent Care. That's right, Demonte. When you need care for minor illnesses and injuries that's easy to get when and where you need it, OSF On-Call Urgent Care is your MVP. Walk in 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even holidays, or connect with a virtual visit 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare. Enjoying the game? Log on to IlliniGuys.com and join in the conversation. Our game room offers real-time chat from our team of experts and analysts to enhance your game experience. And IlliniGuys.com offers insider information on recruiting and team prep that you just won't find anywhere else, with hundreds of articles and podcasts for you to enjoy. Sign up now and become eligible for free $1,000 scholarships. The seven-day free trial makes it a no-brainer. Get in the know with IlliniGuys.com. It's the Atlanta guys, and it's a sports spectacular, and it is Valentine's Day weekend. Hello to your honey, wherever you are joining us uh, on this weekend. Uh, big game coming up on Sunday. Illini hosting Northwestern. We've got all the fellas here. Uh, Mike and Brad are here, joined by Matt Stevens and Kedrick Prince, also the Illini guys contributors. We're going to talk a little basketball roundtable. Gentlemen, um, earlier in the show, we talked about, again, the, the Big Ten race. Illinois still at 10-3 and three going into the game against the Wildcats. Seven games left, and as Brad mentioned last hour, Illinois favored in all seven. Um, so they still have a, a great shot at, at winning this thing. But uh, let's start with Kedrick. Who do you like to, to win the Big Ten this year and why? Well, I look at it. I looked at the schedules today, and I think it's a three-team race between Illinois, Purdue, and Wisconsin. I don't think Michigan State's going to be in that race. I think Ohio State is a sleeper in that race. But I look at the schedules. Illinois, Brad's right, Illinois probably will be favored, but I think Wisconsin has an easier schedule. You know, Illinois going to Rutgers, that's on paper, sounds like it's an easy win. They don't win there, and they typically don't play well there. But I know also Illinois has done very, very well on the road in general overall. Uh, They let one slip away Tuesday night against Purdue, but I think it's a three-team race. And if I had to pick and choose right now today, I'd probably say Wisconsin, and then I would say Illinois and Purdue maybe end up in a tie just because of the schedule. But, you know, stranger things have happened. I don't think just because Purdue and Illinois are the best team, sometimes the schedule makes a huge difference on who you play and when you're playing them. Uh, Yeah, I I think it's Purdue. Purdue's going to win the league. They have the best player. I think they have the best coach. And I think they have a comparable schedule to Illinois. And for all the Purdue faithful out there if that works out the way i think it's going to work out they're going to get a chance to clinch the big 10 title against indiana in Mackey arena um you you think that you think that tuesday night was a hell of an environment that that place those the guys in red may not get out alive so um (laughs) no i I think i think Jaden ivy is the best player in the league i think matt's the best coach in the league Uh, i think illinois will finish second but I, i i don't know how you stop purdue and I don't, and they they seem to be getting better and better after having a lull def, on the defensive end of the floor. So I think it's going to be Purdue. Yeah, if I had to bet, I would go Purdue myself. Um, I am amazed that, just to my eye, Wisconsin is a 
just doesn't seem to be in the class of Purdue and Wisconsin, or excuse me, Purdue and Illinois. And that's a pretty amazing job that that team is is in the race this late in the in the year. I'm going to go with Purdue, but I think um, uh, I think it's they're going to share it with Illinois. I think they're going to be a tie. I think the Big Ten will allow Illinois to to get a share this year. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. I think Purdue's got some tough games. You know, they've got to go on the road to. They're still going to go on the road to um, Michigan State and Wisconsin and Michigan. Um, they got four away games, and you know, and Northwestern, who you just never know how things work out there. Um, their home games are pretty winnable. Um, so, but we'll see. I, I, I just like uh, Purdue to probably end up fifteen and five, sixteen and four. I think Illinois is going to get there as well. Uh, if they take take care of business in their home games, then they can go two and one on the road. I, I think they one and two, two and one on the road. They got a chance to to get a share. I, I I would agree with you, Brad. I think that Purdue and Illinois are the class um, of the Big Ten. I think Wisconsin is a third, um, you know. But but to your point, I think that either of those teams, Purdue or Illinois, could go sixteen and four, fifteen and five. Either one could win. Uh, but I think they could share it as, as like you said. And, and this time, yeah, the Big Ten actually has rescheduled games, so they get a chance to actually <laughs> officially share it. The we and you know the one team we don't talk about much because they haven't played in ages. It seems like is is Ohio state. They, all the teams are like played 13 games and they've only played 10. Um, so they have a, to, for, if they want to, I mean, and they're, you know, they have a good record, but they're right in the hunt, but they're, they're multiple games behind on the, on the win side, not really loss side. So it's going to be interesting to see how they condense. They still have two games that need to be put back into their schedule. And it's a very condensed schedule to play, you know, basically nine more games in the next uh, three weeks. So we'll see how that goes. But I think the schedule gods helped them out. They only play Illinois once. They only play Purdue once. And I think only play Michigan State once, I think. Um, and so that's one thing that helps them out in terms of schedule-wise. But you're right. you got to make those up at some point. Um, Matt's already cast his vote for player of the year for Ivy. Kedrick Prince, what say you? Big Ten player of the year. My Big Ten player of the year is Kobe Coburn. This is what I struggle with a lot of people. A lot of people are in the me moment. Last week, Kofi Coburn was everybody's national player, Big Ten player of the year. Jaden Ivey has a good game last night against Illinois, and he instantly becomes the player of the year. I'm not one of those guys. This is the whole season and body of work. He played great against Illinois last night, but in Champaign, Mike and I have talked about on multiple podcasts and on the phone, he was bailed out in Champaign. I think he may be a lottery pick. He may be the most athletic player in the Big Ten. He's not the best player in the Big Ten. It's Kofi Coburn to me, without a doubt. Okay, when he played against uh, Purdue Tuesday night, I thought Kofi showed signs and signs of growth. He was able to shoot over. He was able to score and do things against the two Purdue bigs that I didn't see before. And and when one went out, another one came back in. I was just really, really impressed with him. And there's no Kofi Coburn to college basketball. And also – you know, it's easy for people to just give him that award. I mean, there's other players out there that you can give it to. But right now, until somebody's able to stop Kofi consistently, you know, him putting up 18 and 7 or whatever he put up against Purdue Tuesday night, that's a bad night. I don't, I really don't understand that. How can people say that? Because to me, he was just as good, except for Purdue won the game. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Jaden Ivey, but if you want to take Kofi Coburn, I'm not going to argue with you. Like the idea that, um, Kofi Coburn hasn't been dominant this year in the games that he's played. It's just as a ridiculous take. And the 18 and seven that he got was really, really good. I, I thought that he should have played or, or could have played more minutes in the first half. And that would have even given his numbers and maybe kept Illinois, you know, in, in the ball game a little bit more, even though they had a two point halftime lead. My thing with Kofi Coburn is that Kofi needs help getting the basketball. And I'm not going to set that against him in the player of the year voting, but Jaden Ivey doesn't need any help getting the basketball. And you heard it from Brad Underwood. And, and I thought people are using this as a dig on of Brad Underwood against Matt Painter. And it's just not, um, I'll say it again, Matt Painter's stopped screwing around and he just gave the ball to Jaden Ivey again, like last year, Brad Underwood stopped screwing around and gave it to Ido Desumu and after the last media timeout and said, go win me a ball game. Um, Kofi needs help getting the basketball in those situations. He can't just go take the basketball and go do what he wants to do with it. Um, that's my only thing. And I, I just, I feel like if Jaden Ivey is going to play that way for Purdue, 
that's why they're going to be a, the potential one seed, and that's why they're they're potentially going to win the league. Well, no yeah. disrespect, Matt, and to be honest with you, and uh, I, I don't mean this in a negative way. That argument or that statement doesn't hold water because the player of the year last year was Luca Garza, and he didn't he had to have somebody throw the ball to him as well. I just because of different positions, so that's kind of apples and oranges to me. And I understand you know what you're saying, but consistently throughout the whole year. Kofi has been that guy all the time. So, I mean, I can't say because we know Kofi's not going to play point guard or bring the ball to the court, but Jay Nagy's also not going to play in the post against guys that are constantly hitting him and following him. And Mike has mentioned it'd be nice to kind of see Kofi get some of those calls. So different positions, because Luca Garza won every one of those awards last year, and he was a 6'11 center. If people look at the game of college basketball and not what have you done for me lately to me, it is a no-brainer. And both of those two guys are going to be competing for a Big Ten title. And the, to look at the the, the the tournament, there's no Kofi Coburns in, in the tournament like that. So that's why I look at it. Yeah, and I, I think ultimately it's going to come down the stretch. And, and you know, if Wisconsin can, you know, pull an upset, Davis probably wins it. And and if Illinois comes on top, you probably go to Kofi and – and um, obviously, you know, Ivy, if Purdue wins it, the recency bias is a big thing with with media voting. So uh, whoever comes across that finish line, number one, is probably going to have their their marquee player win this award. Yeah, you guys have pretty much covered every angle that I was going to say, except for one. There are two ends to the floor. Jaden Ivy is a, an atrocious defender, despite his athleticism and and, you know, the analytics tell you that he is—he gets torched in ball screens. He gets torched in isolations, which shouldn't happen because he's too good athletically. So that's why I got to pick Kofi right now. And, and, that, and that doesn't mean that I think if Purdue wins, he's probably going to win. But I think I'm picking Kofi because he is also, you know, analytics say he's a really good defender. Um, and he really changes a lot of things when he's out on the floor for a and boy, he has really improved so much this year on the defensive end, and he doesn't really get enough credit for uh, Auburn going down earlier in the season, much to the uh, the chagrin of, of 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 Illinois fans. And Mike, I'll start with you. As I know you you said you actually cried yourself to sleep that night to see a Bruce Pearl team go stomp on the opposing team's logo and then lose. Yes, I I was I cried myself to sleep, and um, anytime something bad can happen to Bruce Pearl, it's not going to irreparably harm him as a person. I'm all for it happening to him. So um, I'm really waiting for uh, some sort of uh, tournament upset that will will turn him, you know, his world upside down because the guy, you know, the guy's just, you know, he's, he's had his history with the University of Illinois and some of us longtime fans aren't real sympathetic with him. Who's your number one, Kedrick? My number one team to me in college basketball, and I'm not going to change my mind, it is Arizona. I think they are the best team in college basketball. They have every single thing that you can possibly want. They have shooters. They have a great point guard. They have size. They have an NBA prospect on their roster on a neutral court. I think they are the best team in college basketball, and they are a tough matchup for anybody. We start the season, they just blew everyone out. And if they're all clicking, they all have to be clicking, which all you know teams need that. I'm going with Arizona, and I'm not changing my mind. My number one team is the the number one team in Ken Palm, and I, I I struggle with this because they're not going to play anybody until the bracket's announced in March, and but and that's Gonzaga. Uh, they didn't play anybody last year, and I'll be darned if they didn't get to the national final. So it didn't worry that team last year, uh, and and I, I worry about it because they they did like that West Coast Conference just doesn't set up for them to have any kind of competition for a, a two and a half month stretch, and that's that's not good for any great team. But you look up and down their roster right now, and it's – I mean, when you when you can – I don't know if Chet Holmgren is literally their third or fourth best option on offense or if he's their second or third best option on defense. But you're talking about somebody who might be the number one or number two overall pick in this upcoming draft. And um, they just have options all over the floor. They've got a great coach in Mark Few. Um, and he seems to be able to now put it together in March after, you know, he rides through the, the West Coast Conference schedule. So I'll go Gonzaga. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it's possible. I, I think you make argument for any of those teams. I, I do like kids pick of Arizona, except every time I watch them, they, they tend to just spray the ball around, and usually it's out of bounds. Um, and they just take some bad shots. I think if their shot selection is better, they, I agree with him that they might be the best team. 
Uh, Gonzaga has has shown themselves to be great. I, I really think in this, I think Purdue's the best team right now. I think they're playing the best basketball right now when they defend. Now their defense is questionable, but they are the best scoring team in the country, and they're doing it against an elite schedule. Um, you know they've played you know a, a very difficult schedule um, against some very good offenses. So you kind of look at that. Maybe that's part of their defensive uh, things. The other team that I'm gonna that I would throw out there that I don't think they should be ranked number one, but they are a definite threat to win the national title is Kentucky. Um, they have been really good of late. And I think Kentucky's got a lot of talent and they have guys on their bench that would probably start for half the team in the uh, top 25. So including Illinois. So these are, uh, you know, I like, I like those teams as being the best teams that, that we've mentioned. Yeah. Kentucky has really played well. I think Oscar Sheebway has proven um, and severe Wheeler again, and Kellen Grady, the veteran guys that Kentucky usually does not have, they have on that roster now. You know, what's funny about that is this, Last summer, I was talking to, you know, it, it's funny how the narrative changes, but I was talking to some, you know, this was in the heat of the Kofi Coburn. Where was he going to go? Is he going to transfer to Kentucky or whatever? They already had Sheboy and they really can't play him together. And it would have been like an Edie e. Williams split where it'd be like 2020. And I was like, why, if they have Oscar, why do they, well, Kofi's better. And these were like guys who were, who know what, what they're talking about. The college coach was saying, well, they want Kofi because he's better than Oscar. So, Kofi's better than Oscar. That's my take. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Exactly. So, and by the way, TV game announcers, stop saying that Kofi was almost a wildcat like he did the other night during the Kentucky game. Brad, you're our insider. Was Kofi ever close to being a Kentucky wildcat? Kofi wasn't going to be a Kent. You know, I, I once put on the, I think I told us on the message board, I said, I put 90-10 because you never know. It is college basketball recruiting, but Kofi was coming back to Illinois if he wasn't going pro. Um, and there's, you know, that's my sources on that are pretty good. Yeah. And, and they're, they're all over the country. Some in Champaign, some in Lexington, some in New York. So we'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I heard it again the other day and I wanted to tweet out there. You're making it sound like John Calipari lost two recruits to Brad Underwood in the same off season. And he didn't. He only <laughs> lost one. Even Calipari said, I never talked to Kofi. But in the BBN, yeah. rumor becomes fact in about three hours. And then they stick with it for about eight days. And then they realize, uh-oh, and they try to back away. And then before you know it, it's like, oh, gee, well, now, well, he didn't want him anyway. No, no, no. He never talked to him. So <sighs> just put that to bed. All right. One more thing to get to. Atlantaguys.com, I jumped out and wrote a column on my own about Duke this year because a couple of things somehow – the media that loves uh, Duke and Mike Krzyzewski, they think that John Shire is going to be, you know, the John Wooden, you know, or the next Mike Krzyzewski. Mike Krzyzewski has never, ever, ever had an assistant take a team to the Final Four. So I don't know how John Shire, learning only from, from K, from Krzyzewski, is going to somehow wave this magic wand and be fantastic. And the next thing, ACC, it's possible. Now, Wake Forest has snuck in this week in the, the coaches' poll to number 25. It's possible that Duke may not play a single-ranked opponent in the ACC this entire season. In fact, right now, if the, if, if the tournament began now, Gonzaga has played more ranked foes than Duke has. So my thought to you, can, can Duke survive the K retirement, and is the ACC done? Ken? Well, the way I look at the ACC, Duke's going to continue to recruit because Shire's already proven that he can do that. Um, but if you look at the history, and I, was, I saw a stat on, on TV the other night, they've not done really, really well in the ACC to begin with. Uh, I just think they're good because they, they can recruit because of their name. If he ever slips up and starts losing the recruits, John Shire's just going to be like everyone else. And I don't know why they're just handing, handing him that John Wooden coaching award. Maybe it's because he's a Coach K clone and he's been on the staff, but that's not an easy place to win at. And I'm going to tell you, if he starts to struggle with recruiting, Duke's going to be a forgotten team here real soon. ACC is a bad league. Um, shout out to my guy, Steve Forbes over at Wake Forest, one of the coolest dudes you'll ever meet in this business. Swear to God. Um, and he's going to get that team in the tournament, but, but Larry, you're absolutely right. That the ACC is a bad league. Um, and the craziest stat I found out yesterday was that Duke hasn't won an ACC regular season championship in, since 2010. And that was the last one they won regular season. That's what I thought. And, and 
the funny part about it is, is that it doesn't get talked about because the ACC doesn't recognize a regular season title. They never have in the history of the conference. They've always taken the, the tournament champion as the league title. Um, so I, I, short of what do subtract what Duke did at Cameron against Virginia. Um, again, I think Tony Bennett's an excellent coach and he might sneak that Virginia team into the tournament somehow, some way, but uh, I think Duke's going to walk to an ACC regular season title because the league's just not very good. And on, on, on the Duke thing, uh, um, and look to me, it's like, it's like a billion dollar company, right? If until I see that thing fall off the tracks, like, like say Indiana has, like, I'm not going to believe that Duke's going to do that, but I'm not going to allow, not allow for the possibility that John Shire could not have the same kind of success as Kay, but I, I don't think it's going to completely fall off the train tracks. Like, like, I don't know, like a lot of people are hoping because quite honestly, they just hate Duke. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's a, it's a hope because they just hate Duke. You can go back and look historically over the last 40 years when legendary coaches step down, there's a realistic chance of the program going down. It's happened to, UCLA, who was at a higher height than Duke has ever imagined. It's happened to Indiana, where they're not a blue blood anymore, as bad as they think they are. Um, You had Kansas actually get elevated in the reverse. They weren't any good the first 20 years of my life, and then they came back to their old level. Um, And, and you you know, it's, it's a factor of hiring the wrong person or not hiring the right person, you know, and, and, or you get the right guy, of course, too. So I think there's a, there, we just have to see, I mean, Kay was a genius at being, at announcing it a year ahead of time and helping Shire put together a, a recruiting class. So John Shire can say, look what I did. Well, if coach Kay had just left, I don't know that you'd have that, those same three players at the top of his recruiting class, maybe, but who knows? So we'll see what he can do standing on his own. He may be fantastic or he may be, you know, you pick the next guy, you know, who's tried to follow a legend and and wasn't able to make it. Yeah, it's interesting. Duke's interesting thing with John Shire. Um, uh, he's obviously recruited extremely well. His cl- incoming class is ridiculous, right? Fantastic. I talked to a college assistant coach. And I'm not going to name him because I probably wouldn't want this out there, but I will say what he told me. He said, the biggest question about John Shire isn't his recruiting it's his x's and o's on the sideline and they there are legit concerns about that some of it because of experience and and otherwise but also i think there's just one thing about coach k is he is so almost like maniacal with running things that the assistants recruit so they don't get like brad underwood gives his assistants a lot of leeway and allows them to be involved in a lot of game planning coach k doesn't do that it's coach k's show and they're just running with it. So I think that sometimes these guys get, you know, thrown into tough situations where they go. I'll give you a great example is Quinn Snyder, right? Now Quinn Snyder's considered one of the best coaches in the NBA. And he was not good enough to stay. They threw popcorn in his head at Missouri at the bragging rights game when they lost by 30. So it was one of the biggest defeats until, wait, maybe this year. So anyway, but that, you know, so this is, these are the kind of things that you have to think about with Duke. Now, the ACC, you know who's leading the ACC right now? It's a team that Illinois beat, Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah. So I, I really think the ACC is a down league. Um, they're not great, but they've got a few teams, you know, you really probably don't want to draw, you know, and I know they're down and, and I get all that, but does anyone want to draw like uh, a Wake Forest, Virginia, or Notre Dame in that first round as like the 11 seed or something like that? Or even in North Carolina, you know they have a ton of talent. So um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I I think that they're they're although they're down, they got a lot of bubble teams, you know. And Duke's the only really probably non what I would call bubble team right now in the entire league. Yeah, no, you're right. When you look at that, it's Duke as a two or three right now, and everyone else coming in like at eleven or twelve in anybody's uh, bracket. The way you look at it. Uh, right now, uh, great discussion, guys. I completely agree. Uh, I jumped in a lot of these thoughts. Again, the question, uh, is this the end of Duke and the ACC? Um, I, th- I will say this to agree with you, and you guys are saying the same thing. If Shire doesn't get this done the first three years, it's, it's a quick plug. Um, it's just like North Carolina when they thought they had their guy with Guthridge. He comes in, carries the mail. He retires suddenly. Matt Doherty, uh-uh, didn't work. They go pay the money to bring in Roy Williams. If you're a Duke and that kind of corporation, to Matt's point, you're not going to let this thing uh, slide for, way too, for too long. 
we will leave it there, but oh my goodness, there is so much more to talk about, and we will do this again. Uh, Matt Stevens and Kendrick Prince, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Basketball Roundtable. There we go. Guys, stay with us. Quick timeout. Much more to come. More college basketball to talk about. This is the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. Growing your family, opening your own business, retiring to travel, leaving your legacy. At Busey Bank, we know there's a lot to look forward to and a lot of planning along the way. Celebrate your life's milestones by putting your money to work. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. I'm Kofi Coburn. When it comes to facing my opponents on the basketball court, that's easy. You know what else is easy? OSF On-Call Urgent Care. That's right, Kofi. When you need care for minor illnesses and injuries that's easy to get when and where you need it, OSF On-Call Urgent Care is your MVP. Walk in 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even holidays, or connect with a virtual visit 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. You know, I think we're, again, we haven't been whole, so we're still trying to figure out, you know, certain lineups with, now with Bellow back. Um, I thought he, I thought he played, played really well. Uh, RJ Melendez was terrific. He's gaining minutes. Um, but, um, you know, I, we're good, you know, and, and, uh, um, you know, I, tonight was tonight was a night where where they were better, um, and and they deserved to win the game. Uh, I'm really disappointed in our rebounding, our effort. Uh, we've gotten really soft in that area, and non-competitive, and we've got to get that 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 handled. Uh, but uh, again, it was um, you know we're a good basketball team. It was a, it was an off night. Uh, you know, we were ten and two coming in. Uh, we're still in a really good place. And, and we've, we've got uh, had one of those nights where, again, and give Purdue and, and Matt's crew a lot of credit. They, we didn't shoot the ball well. They had something to do with that. Right back here, middle of February on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. That was Brad Underwood talking about, again, um, this team. And, and, and Brad and Mike, you know, you, we all talk a lot about this, um, you know, constantly during the week. Um, here's an Illinois team that, yeah, it was a bad loss at Purdue, number three team in the country. But when you step back and take a look at the big picture, it was Purdue who had to win to tie Illinois atop the Big Ten. I mean, this is a team that, again, the, the program, this team, and the program are in very good shape right now. Yeah, so no question. I mean, Purdue loses that game. They're two games out with seven games to play. That's that's not an enviable, enviable position. So uh, they needed that win. They were at home. I, I think the, the disappointing game is probably the game when Illinois played Purdue at, it, at the State Farm Center. I think that was the game they – really had a good chance to win, didn't quite get it done. If they win that game, then Purdue would have been really in a must-win situation. But Illinois is in good place, first place. Um, Ty, uh, coming out of that game, have an opportunity, you know, to still win the Big Ten title. And and, and I think they're getting healthy, you know, as, as this they're getting whole. Got a few days of practice with everybody there, you know, except Austin Hutcherson, obviously, he's out for the year, but – Getting Curbelo back, he's getting his conditioning up to play 20 to 25 minutes now. Kofi's back. They're, they're a good place and uh, on the right path. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, is there's still a bit of a mystery because we haven't seen this team play all together yet. You know, con, you know, Curbelo's now starting to get back into the lineup, but there's a lot of potential there for this team. And the other thing is, is, you know, coming off that COVID break, it, it's taken some time for everybody to get their legs back and, and really feel like they're clicking. And I, I'm not certain offensively if they've clicked as well as they did before the COVID break. So this team is as amazing as they've played, and they're number one in the Big Ten still. They're tied, but they're still number one. You can see that they can still get better. It's not like they've plateaued and you're trying to keep the team playing at that level, there is still room for growth. And I think that's a pretty rare thing for a team that's accomplished as much as they have this year so far. Well, I think you look ahead in a couple of weeks here and toward the end of the regular season, uh, and you finish up with, I believe it's uh, Penn State and Iowa at home, I think are the, those two games in March. 
Uh, Brad, do you see Curbelo in the starting lineup or maybe playing 25 minutes off the bench? Uh, I think they play well with him maybe being a guy to bring the energy off the bench, come in in, in situational uh, areas. Yeah, I see him being a lot like uh, Vinnie Johnson, you know, kind of the microwave. Uh, he comes in and he does have a different set of skills than, than uh, Trent Frazier or uh, Alfonso Plummer in terms of that unbelievable ability to drive with either hand. Um, and when he comes in, he's going to ch- put a lot more pressure on the opposing guards. And I think that uh, difference in how he plays driving to the basket and then going uh, and then having things happen off of the drive is different than some of the other guys who are using the quick passes and ball reversals to get the open threes. And so, it, again, he comes in, he changes up the pace and, and makes the team a little bit harder to guard. And, and, and defenders have to think about how they're going to approach him differently than, than who he comes in for. So I think that's a nice, about, uh, that's nice stress to put on the other team. Mike, I was going to ask you, you said he had a particular set of skills. Is he like Liam Neeson? Is he going to like <laughs> become a nightmare for the opposing defenses because of his skills he's acquired over a long career? Does he have to say it with kind of the accent, too? Yeah, I, he actually has to use a cell phone and then use some sort of Scottish accent when he calls the opposing coach and says, I've got a particular set of skills. And I, I think that will, that will work wonders for the Illini offense. <laughs> If, if you let me score now, that'll be the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From Kropoya. <laughs> yeah, the, the lob pass becomes oh. a particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you oh, head this team, um, in terms of, again, seeding, we mentioned we're four weeks away from Selection Sunday. I think this team still um, could be on the two line. The one line is possible if you run the table and – win the big 10 and win the tournament. But I think a two or three line is, is still really possible for this team. What do you guys think? I, I see them as a, you know, a three, four right now. I think if they finish, you know, five and two, six and one, they're probably going to stick around that three, four line. Um, if they, you know, can run the table. I think then you slide up to the two, maybe maybe six and one might get them to a two, two. Depends what other teams do, obviously uh, going forward. And, and we've seen some different teams lose this week, you know, from, you know, you talk about, you know, do losing and um, this week and I already, you know, mentioned that. But, I mean, I think there are a lot of teams that are losing. I always look at – you get focused on – and forget that other teams are losing as well. You know, so I think they can slide up to two. I think they almost have to get a one seed. I think they have to win out and win the Big Ten tournament. And then maybe you do because you're a Big Ten champion. You're 17-3 and three in the league and won 10 straight games and the – you know, you lost three league games and two more to Purdue. He's probably going to be a one seed uh, in the incident return. So that would be, be a pretty good uh, situation for Illinois. Yeah, I think a 2-3 is probably where they, they might end up. Um, that it's an awful lot to ask this team to go undefeated down the stretch. But, um, you know, I, let, let's give them an opportunity and see, see where they end up. But I, if I had to bet, I'd say a three seed right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But then again, I'll be honest. I did not think Illinois could run the table last year after Io got injured and uh, and win those three straight games at Wisconsin, uh, at Michigan, and then at Ohio State, and then and then uh, win the Big Ten tournament. So strange things have happened. That's why they play the games, I guess. Yep. Uh, we will leave it there for right now. Much more to come still here on the Sports Spectacular. More from Brett Underwood, and uh, he talks about the fans, where he ranks the fans. That's next on the Sports Spectacular. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation 303-957-3092 that's neon rain at 303-957-3092 or visit them at neonrain.com
what makes college basketball so special. It's unique, and it's uh, um, we do it better. And I've been I've been blessed in my day, um, being in the Big Twelve, being in the SEC. Nobody does it better than the Big Ten. And every place you go is is a is an unusual haunt, so to speak. And it's got a unique atmosphere and. You know, in Bloomington the other day, it was rocking. It's you know our place. It doesn't matter. It's it's um, it's unbelievable character from the fans, and the fans are intelligent, and the fans are knowledgeable, and they care. Um, nobody does it better than this league, and and uh, this this atmosphere is uh, you know right here is 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 as good as there is in America. So uh, we have that at our place as well, and so we're we're pretty. Matt and I are pretty fortunate. We've got fans that, that, that care. That was Brad Underwood talking uh, here on the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular after the loss um, at Purdue, talking about the fans and, uh, again, saying that not just the fans uh, in Champaign or in West Lafayette, but in the entire Big Ten, guys. He says there's uh, nothing like them in the country. Well, I mean, I, he kind of has to say that now, doesn't he? I mean, since he's in the Big Ten, it's almost like, the guy, you know, you you tell the he's like in the rock concert back when Cagley was, you know, growing up and he had his mullet and he was talking about how, you know, this is you're the best fans, the Muhammad, you're the best fans I've ever had, and you know, so it's like that. So but no, I do agree with him. When you look at attendance numbers, he is Big Ten is does have the best attendance, and Mackey's nuts, Breslin's nuts when they're good, Cole Center, State Farm Center. All those places are really hard places to win. Yeah, it's like a that's like the uh, easy way to get a, a crowd pop. You know, you got the good guy in wrestling going, "I love, I love champagne," and then the bad guy talks about how champagne's a bunch of idiots. You know, the yays or boos come in. But um, I'm waiting for him to say that the sports media in the Big Ten is better than anyone else, and I'm assuming we'll never ever hear that. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> Go wax philosophic on, you know, how great Brad Sturdy is and talk about some of your legendary uh, columns or something like that. That'll be awesome to listen to. <laughs> maybe maybe we, I'm going to have to have him on the podcast and we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to go over the best. We're going to rank the media guys. Maybe that's what we should do. There you go. <laughs> exactly. You could go like you or you could just go, hey, hey, Brad, give me your top five sturdy columns and it'll just be a dead spot. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, well, um, I listened to Sturdy for 30 one time because I was on it. So. <laughs> uh, isn't that why you say you listen to it? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. That's the sad part. I don't listen to my own podcast. Uh, we trust I, I, I figure out. I already heard it. Why do I need to hear it again? You you sound like my kids. My kids are like, why why is this on? And I go, I don't know. Mike, you uh, were a Mackey too tonight, but you said that 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 was as loud a place as you've ever heard. Uh, it was for basketball. I, I've never. I've been to concerts that were you know, that loud, but I haven't been to a basketball game before. Again, uh, when Kofi um, ended up in the, in the second half, they didn't like a call. And, and in fairness to the fans, Kofi probably got a little bit of a gimme on that one, but they, they did not like it. And they started yelling and it got to the point where I, I, I was like, my God, it's like feedback almost. They were yelling so loud. And, and I really did. The only thing I could think of is if you were standing you know, out on you know, all of us have been out on tarmac. You know, catching planes here or there, and it was like being on the tarmac with a jet engine going by. I mean, it was it was really loud. So can I? I, I got to say that you know, Indiana used to be a really tough place to play, right? And it is still a tough place to play. But when I was there last weekend, and I was at the Illinois game, they were crazy loud, and then Illinois score, and it'd be utter silence. Mackie, Mackie, Purdue hasn't gotten there yet. So they still stay up. That's the great part. Illinois score, silence. They start cheering again. Illinois score, silence. Well, they you know what I think it is? Another brick, silence. I think what it is is they're all angry because there's only about 200 seats that have backs on them. It's all benches. Oh. And if I had to sit at a bench with no back for two and a half hours, and you know, during TV timeouts and stuff, I'd be pretty angry too. So maybe they, they go into that. The other thing is interesting is they had more students as a percentage 
of the crowd than just about anywhere that I've been. So my thought process is, do they charge a, a higher rate for the parents to let, you know, little Johnny and little Sue go to the game and yell? Or do they actually just give lower stu student rates and not make as much profit off the game? Because there was a ton of students and boy, do they make noise when they want to. Yeah, they're, they're crazy. You know, the other, you know, the only venue that I've been that is diff, maybe better, the best venue I've ever seen a game in is probably in Phoenix. And when you go see Grand Canyon, GCU, those, that, that crowd is nuts. Like you, but I think they make them come to the game. It's like a, you have to go to the game if you're a student or something like that. Some crazy thing where the, it's part of the, It's like they get a credit or something if they attend so many games. It, it's, I mean, it is nuts. It is the most, it is from 20 minutes before the tip until the game starts, they're constantly going. It's nonstop. That's the only thing I've seen that was similar to what I, you know, what you, what you talk about in Mackey or, or in the big 10. That's the only place that's really kind of fog, fog Allen, Kansas is insane, but yeah. I think, you know, you know, for a, you know, but these small arenas, some of these arenas are, are a little bigger and, and they still pack them in and still go crazy. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Kansas is great because on top of, um, you know, the noise and stuff like that, if you sit in the right place, you can be part of the fight when the players get angry. So that's kind of a cool added benefit. <laughs> it can happen. It can happen. <laughs> well, while we're on the subject, what's the loudest place you've ever been in for a concert, sporting event? Uh, which What ranks number one in your book? Well, I, I'm going to date myself because this is a long time ago, but uh, Van Halen back in the 80s. That was probably the loudest concert I've ever been to. Um, you came out of there with some ear ringing, but it, it was great, obviously. But that's a long, that's a long, I'm, I'm going way back into the past now. Yeah, man, it would have to be one of the, one of those heavy metal hair band concerts, Rat or Van Halen or I don't bon know. Jovi. Uh, yeah, it could be. You know, um, a Night Ranger one time was insanely loud. Um, it was crazy on a couple of their songs when I saw them. But um, as far as a sporting event, I got to go. The loudest I've ever seen was actually um, back in 2000. The last I've ever heard the State Farm Center was in 2004, December of 2004, the Wake Forest game was mm -hmm. the craziest I've ever seen. It was nuts. I mean, they're playing number one. They're the best, I mean, they're the best team in the country. It was, it was so fantastic. That was, and it was crazy when only took about an 18 point lead and D Brown sitting on the ground up, that moment, I can still remember that moment. I, I, I would also go back to Rooks when he went across against Ohio State. That would be the other because you could physically feel the stadium shaking. And it was like it was both incredibly exhilarating and slightly terrifying because you're like, could this thing fall? You know, and, and and that was such an amazing moment. We've had David Williams obviously talk about what it was like on the field. But as a fan, that was it was deafeningly loud. And like I said, the place was shaking. So um, but I've, I've never been anywhere, you know, at a basketball game that compares to Purdue, which is painful to say. I was thinking the 05 Final Four when Illinois tied it at 70 against uh, North Carolina. That moment was extremely awesome. loud. The dome down in St. Louis. My loudest ever. I got a chance to cover the Saints return to the Superdome after Hurricane Katrina and the pregame. Uh, YouTube played a beautiful day and they were showing images and that place was so loud. I mean, literally like you just, you kind of lost sense of like where you were. I've never experienced that kind of noise before. It was, uh, and it hadn't kicked off yet. Um, it was, it was kind of a cool event. The biggest roar before they got mad at Kofi was when Gene Katie came onto the film, uh, onto one of their, their, uh, you know, montages and the fans went absolutely nuts for that. And I felt like that was kind of similar to how fans would go nuts when they see Lou Henson on the, on the videos. Now I thought that was pretty cool. That would be cool. All right, there you go. Loud arenas. <laughs> you chimed in. It'd be a trivia question one day back with more here on the sports spectacular after this growing your family, opening your own business, retiring to travel, leaving your legacy at Busey bank. We know there's a lot to look forward to, and a lot of planning along the way. Celebrate your life's milestones by putting your money to work. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC.
back in the day on CNN Sports, we would call this finish up strong at the end of the uh, end of the the show. Uh, Brad, you thought of one more concert? You said, yeah, I, I, ACDC, like nineteen, I was young, relatively speaking. Um, and ACDC was crazy. Loud. Mike remembers the Who when he was in his prime. Um, back in the 60s, and, and he remembers going to those Who concerts. Yeah, my, my mom and dad would take me when I was three to all the Who concerts across the country. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who knows my my dad doesn't like music loud. It's annoying. In, in, the, in, the, in the Volkswagen bug. <laughs> the, yeah. The bus going all the time. <laughs> hey, speaking of going across country, L.A. at Super Bowl 56 this weekend, who you guys got? I, I like both quarterbacks, so I want to see I want to see him win. I mean, Burrow is so much fun. He's got a great attitude, great demeanor, but I think the Rams have the best team, um, and I think uh, I, I think that you get Matthew Stafford that Super Bowl ring, and I'm not going to be upset. Although I do hate the Rams a little bit because of the whole St. Louis thing, right? I hate their owner. How about that? I, I actually think the Rams have the better team, but I trust Joe Burrow more, so I'm going with the Bengals to finally uh, take that curse off and uh, win a Super Bowl. I'm going with the Bengals uh, to break through. Joe Burrow, great story this week on Yahoo Sports and goes into his entire recruitment from high school to Ohio State to LSU and now to the NFL. Um, just a really good read if you get a chance. Talked about how on film he didn't have anything special. It was the other leadership intangibles that really made him uh, unique. Hey, Brad, uh, Malcolm Hill and the Bulls. We talk about Io, but Malcolm Hill is getting some tick and doing well. Yeah, with all their injuries, they picked him up, and he's getting time. He's had he's played games with 22 minutes um, against Philadelphia last week, and you know, it, playing in, in game scoring, you know, eight points, six points, whatever it is, really having a good stretch here. 12 points, one game. I think that um, I think Malcolm's made him. He's gonna have a chance to stick somewhere, even if it's not with the Bulls next year. But he's got a chance to be a part of this uh, NBA brethren, and I think that's exciting. Yeah, he, he didn't get a chance to go to the NCAA for the Illini. I am so happy to see this happen for him. Great guy. Got about 30 seconds left. Uh, Major League Baseball, it looks like spring training will be delayed. Brad, will we start baseball and when? Man, I don't – we're going to start sometime, but eventually they're going to take people off. And I don't think people are crazy about, you know, if it starts a week or two late, they're not – but, man, if it gets to May 1, I think people are going to be like, these guys are – we got issues. And so I hope they can start – uh, not more than a couple weeks late. Yeah, you got to basically think of a cherry or apple pie the size of Yankee Stadium, and you put a little fat kid in around home plate, and he's eating, and you put another kid all the way out in center field, and they're fighting over who gets the bigger slice of the pie. Figure it out, guys. There's plenty for everybody. It's quite an analogy. They just saw you and I coming from the sides, Mike. Yeah, actually, they probably it probably was the two of us eating. But nonetheless, I like apple pie, so we're good. <laughs> Leave the door open for uh, bragging in the last word on Mike Shackley. Hey, that's it. Uh, the show has flown by, as always. Appreciate our guest, Wayne Larrabee. Thanks again for taking the time. Adelia McKenzie and uh, uh, DeMonte Williams, also the Illini guys, Matt and Ked. Uh, for uh, Brad and for Mike, I'm Larry. We appreciate you being here. It's Illinois versus Northwestern from State Farm Center, 1 o'clock on Sunday on the Big Ten Network. We're back here same time, same place next week, and we'll do it all again. Have a great week. Go Illini. I-L-L. I-N-I. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.